Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And you can find me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm at BallBlastM, BallBlastEM. You can find us on the Ross Tucker Network, the best group of podcasts on the network. What is going on, Michelle? The draft is next week. I'm just counting down pretty much like the minutes until the draft next week. We haven't had sports now for over a month, right? It has to be. And you realize, like, it's not even like we're missing out on it. It's not like baseball or it's not like basketball where our games got canceled. Okay. The thing is, yeah, we didn't watch baseball or basketball in the reg, but we had the option to. Like, We, we could were go, actually like, watching basketball yeah. pretty frequently this and year. I was excited for the NBA playoffs. I wouldn't have watched every game, but I would have put some bets down and oh, made it interesting. LeBron, Zion. Yeah. And then just, like, going to a bar and having a drink and having a game on. We haven't or just that. going to a bar and having a drink. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Instead, I, we're in our attic having a drink. And, I mean, we've spent, what, the last two months now talking about these prospects after the NFL season. I'm ready to see where they land and to stop debating about who is – because a, a lot of these debates are kind of going to be, you know. Futile. Like, I, I think with, a lot of these debates, like, you can talk about talent until the cows come home, but if – they don't go to a offense that knows how to use that perspective. Or a terrible landing spot. Like if yeah. if J.K. Dobbins goes into Carolina or the Giants, like, bye. <laughs> like, you die. Yeah. You die. If you're going to go there, and both of those teams might want a reliable backup. Which they, they desperate, desperately need. And no, they would never take a running back in the first round, you wouldn't think. But maybe late second, third, if these guys drop. And they're like, ooh, we could use a good backup. If they take one of these top six running backs in this draft and ruin them, I'm going to be so angry. Or, or you think about the number of teams that have running backs going into a contract year. Who, um, I just wrote a piece over at Roto World about the 2021 free agents, and they are nasty. Oh, it's because the class was so good in 2017. Oh, my God. 2017 was a class for the ages. I mean, it was Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, CMC. I'm missing a lot. There's Kamara Hunt, Aaron Jones. Uh, Oh, God. There's a lot of good ones. I I even think James James Conner, he was later picked, but he was in there. Yeah, and I I think the issue, though, is that you're probably going to have some teams wanting to look at maybe the running back of their future or they're going to want an insurance policy on the guy they already have. We already heard about Joe Mixon, potential holdout, sort of, maybe. Yeah, he said we're going to get into that in the news, but he did say that he could be potentially holding out if he doesn't get paid. And there's a lot of, you know, these rookie running backs could go to those teams where maybe you have to wait a year or maybe these teams are taking a running back because, A, this draft is totally different than normal. They haven't been able to be prepared for these prospects like they normally do. Running backs is a pretty easy thing to draft and just get them into the game. Like, they're a running back. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're going to be great, but you can kind of transition them hey, in. follow that guy. Yeah. So if this year you're like, I don't know, and I don't want to bust, like, maybe we take a running back in the second and third round. Our guy's going to be wanting a contract in a year. Let's see if we can hit on this guy. We don't have to then pay this dude, a massive contract like CMC just got, and we'll do it that way. So we might be waiting on these rookie running backs to really be able to break out. It's going to be a stressful time, but also what's stressful, and we're going to talk about this in our main segment today, you're going to be sitting in the draft. You're going to be sitting watching the draft next Thursday and next Friday and sweating. You're going to have the meat sweats because, A, you should be eating chicken wings or burgers or something delicious during the draft. Definitely something meaty, yes. You're going to be having the meat sweats worried about the value of your running backs that you own right now in Dynasty. Like, are they going to get destroyed? Or are they going to survive? 
It's so stressful. It's going to be so stressful, but we're going to talk about that and who we're worried about, who we're not worried about, uh, and dive deep into that. But do you want to get into the news first? Let's do it. Breaking news. Breaking news. So much news to talk about. It For being an off-season, we've got lots of draft news. We've got a major contract to discuss. Ooh. Yeah, first things first, CMC got his big contract. I feel like it came out of nowhere. Normally with these running backs, we have to worry about the holdout. It's all summer long. Do they get it? Do they not? And we hear about the negotiation process. We didn't get any of that with this. And they were just like, you know what? Christian McCaffrey, you're awesome. Here you go. Here's $16 million a year. We're going to make you the highest paid running back in NFL history. Deserved. Do you like it? I do. I I like it. I think it's uh, sort of interesting um, from Carolina's perspective, I did hear some comments that they're looking to start taking CMC off the field sometimes. I don't think that's what worries me about them taking a running back. Like obviously not in the first or second, but they could still steal they could a still guy get a value. in the third yeah. that's supposed to have fantasy value that we're excited for and destroy him. And the the issue is though, so like once you pay out this guy this big contract, you don't want to have a Todd Gurley situation where he's you know, sort of run his course so early on in his contract. You want to yeah. make sure that he I think it's completely different. A, oh, yeah, he's healthy. He doesn't have the injury history. Somehow Christian McCaffrey is going into his second contract at 23 years old. That seems – like, how are you going into your second contract at 23 years old? He's a baby. He's so young, and he's had no injury history. Like, I, I think people are very scared off about the girly contract – but he already had a serious, serious knee injury history. Yeah. And that was a cause of it with the arthritis. And then we have David Johnson, who got a big can- contract. But he was already older, and he had one good season, guys. Like, one good season. Mm-hmm. And then did nothing. So, yeah, that was probably a stupid contract. And then you look at Zeke, which, like, he saw the touches this year. He had a pretty good season. It wasn't his best season yet, but, like... He was still a fantastic running back. Yeah, like, I think Zeke might be the best comparison because even Le'Veon Bell, he finally got that second contract. He had to hold out for a year. He's 28, though, and he's never been, you know, a super efficient guy. He was really good because of his playing style behind an awesome Steelers line, but, like, he was super inefficient in college. He came out, was super inefficient with the Steelers, lost some weight, finally had a couple good seasons. And now we're seeing again that, you know, he's just not that great of a running back. But he's also old. So when we're comparing Christian McCaffrey to uh, these other guys and people are like, no one will ever learn. Well, Christian McCaffrey had a thousand receiving yards this year. Yeah. A thousand receiving yards. And someone tweeted out. I don't know who it was. I wish I had it to give them credit. But they said, I wonder if Christian McCaffrey had a thousand less rushing yards, he'd get paid more. Oh, oh, I, I do remember that. That's tweet. an awesome tweet because he um, compared his salaries to other people, other wide receivers that had the same receiving yards as him, and they're all getting paid a lot. Like it was maybe Scott Barrett? Does that sound maybe. right? Maybe. They're all getting paid a lot because they're wide receivers. But Christian oh, yeah. McCaffrey puts up those same numbers, but is also an awesome running back, and it's like, mm, no, no, you're going to make way less. No, thank you. And like, you're a terrible signing. I, I love the signing. You can't let Christian McCaffrey go. He's a franchise running back. And there's not a lot of the, – there's franchise quarterbacks. He's a franchise running back. He's the only reason you won any games last year. Yep. Any games. Okay. Which might be – like you could get Joe Burrow if you didn't have CMC last year. But that's not the point. What? You would take Teddy – you would take Joe Burrow over Teddy? Like, what? In a heartbeat. What? In a heartbeat. I do think maybe they can snag a Jordan Love in this. I think they could trade up from the second round back into the first and either get Jalen Hurts or Jordan Love. I feel like you just blew up your team. Why would you trade up? Like, if anything, I want to trade down so I can capitalize on a very deep draft class. Yeah. And, Maybe. and accumulate more assets because I like just I just lost my my star tight end. We don't we don't know how they're going to use Ian Thomas. Like Greg Olson was the focal point of their offense, so they had Cam Newton focal point of their offense gone. So like you have a lot of key pieces that have just I can't imagine Keekly, they've got to go defense. I can't imagine being 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 a fan of a team where you know that your quarterback 
max can win you one playoff game. Like, that was us this year with Pittsburgh. Our defense was so good, right? And we almost made it to the playoffs. We kind of fell off at the end there. But we but, knew if we did go. Yeah, I knew if we went. It would we happen. I knew the max we could possibly win with that defense is one game. Yeah. Like Because our quarterbacks were so bad. I'm not saying Teddy's that bad, but I don't think Carolina Panthers' defense is as dominant as Pittsburgh was, and I don't think they will be anytime soon. So you have a quarterback that's not going to overcome anything. He'll be fine. He's a game manager. He's a step up from Tyrod Taylor. Yes. Like a much better Tyrod Taylor. I won't say much better, but he's better. I think he's a better passer. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tyrod gives you – Tyrod gives you the the rushing floor. There is not a better story than Teddy Bridgewater, and there's not a better person. Like, he's a great person. I literally saw him sprout angel wings on the last television broadcast. He's so nice. I know. I'm rooting for him. It's a great story, but he's not winning you anything. Maybe that's part of the story. Maybe. Maybe we don't think he's going to win us anything. (laughs) All right, next up on the news cycle that was quite long on CMC. Uh, Moving on to Arizona. They just traded for DeAndre Hopkins, yet the GM of Arizona said they're not ruling out taking a wide receiver with their first pick, which is a top 10 pick. I feel like... They're lying, this is right? some biggity biggity bullshit. <laughs> like I, I'm sorry. There is absolutely no way. You just spent like how many draft picks last? Like, is every draft pick designated for a wide receiver in Arizona? Because you spent what three draft picks last year on like they did spend an early second on Andy and Isabella. Too. Yeah, and we haven't even seen what he's been able to do. Like. They didn't really use him last year. Well, clearly they they like wide receivers, so maybe the only person I could see go here, right? Like, So I don't think they're taking a CeeDee Lamb or a Jerry Judy because they have DeAndre Hopkins. They already have one of the best wide receivers in the league. So, like, if you're drafting CeeDee Lamb or a Jerry Judy, you're kind of getting – you're kind of hoping for that same thing. And you don't want two Hopkins. I mean, that sounds great. I mean, don't you? I mean, yes, that sounds great, but you kind of want different roles on your offense. The guy I could see going top 10 that everyone would be kind of shocked about is Henry Ruggs. Yeah. I could see the Arizona Cardinals staff getting in love with him. They're very offensive. Or, get like, a, yeah, get that speedster. Yeah, they, they want to focus on offense. They want to open up that offense. Henry Ruggs would open up everything. Yes, he for would. For everybody. Mm-hmm. And that would be bye-bye Christian Kirk because yeah. his value would be dead. But that's the only wide receiver I could see them taking here where it would actually change their offense. Yeah. I mean, and it's not because I think Henry Ruggs is going to be this great NFL player or no, this great but I think fantasy he, player. but he adds another dimension to that offense. Yeah. He helps an offense open up. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I do think that if they decide to take a wide receiver in the first round, given the depth of the wide receiver class, especially if they're not going to take a CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, why wouldn't you just trade down? I do think Henry Ruggs goes in the first 12 to 13 picks no matter what. Okay. I think he goes insanely early uh, because he can be a game changer for a team. So I don't think he makes it past the 49ers. Okay. And really he could go at uh, Vegas. There's a lot of spots he can go, so I don't know how far you can really trade down. Yeah. Unless the Jets want to make sure they get an offensive tackle because – they might be scared. Arizona wants to take one. Cleveland wants to take one. So maybe if they want their, you know, their choice at which tackle they want, but they the, could trade up. The thing is, when you're looking at tackles at this point, like I feel like there are a lot of good tackles in the first round. So I, I think you do have a little bit more room to play with. Yeah. As far as the offensive tackle goes, there's like, like four top ones though, and then yeah. they kind of fall off. But like when you're looking at these wide receivers, I feel like you do have to if you're looking for a guy to fill a specific scheme or a specific part of your offense, you might want to get a little bit more specific with the wide receivers than you would. If I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan or if I'm the GM, like I would not want to take a wide receiver and I wouldn't I would take wanna, one. No, I would want to take defense or or an offensive lineman. Yeah, there's Those going are to be two big holes. If you want Kyler Murray to succeed, take the tackle and move on. Like yeah. don't get too cute, take the tackle, move on. But also you're you're investing all of this capital in this power offense but like 
Patrick Peterson was the star of your defense last year, and he had a, a bad year. He definitely wasn't the star last he, year, you know, but, he, but was, he, he was supposed to be the but star. That's that's what I'm saying. Like he was your star, and and he flopped. Like that was yeah, that but, was a bad. But like, what other playmakers did we see in Arizona last year? Not many, and I, I do think the first round just take the tackle. It's so hard to find a good one, and then try to find those defensive pieces. The rest of the draft. Speaking of. DeAndre Hopkins trade, it's finally official because they finally got their physicals done. DeAndre Hopkins for Houston. And David Johnson, I know. Unfortunately, David Johnson did pass his physical. Uh. (laughs) And that really stinks for the Houston Texans. Uh, So the deal's finalized. It's good to go. That was the last little piece. Is that David Johnson had to pass it, which we're all we all were like, maybe Houston realizes how bad of a trade that was, and they make their doctors kind of say that he didn't pass. Bill O'Brien has been backtracking uh, and trying to justify this trade since it happened. And every word that comes out of his mouth, I think, is worse than the last. Yeah, and I, I do think he tried to fix it. So he went and acquired Brandon Cooks from the Rams, which, okay, I guess. I mean, they... Brandon Cooks is a talented wide receiver, but you also have to worry about the fact that the dude has his, had his head smashed in seven times. Yeah, I mean, I like Brandon Cooks, That's but an a, he's not a wide receiver one like Hopkins. He can be a wide receiver one, but not a wide receiver one like DeAndre Hopkins. Not at he's all. He's not a consistent wide receiver one. No, and, like, you traded. you <laughs> To trade Hopkins, you got a second back, right? There's other parts, but the main part was to get a second back. And then you went and traded a second for Brandon Cooks. Now, it was a different second. It was, like, 17 picks apart, I think. But that but means congratulations. Yeah, that means you traded Hopkins to trade back or to trade up 17 picks to get Brandon Cooks wow. and then David Johnson's contract, which you might want to put David Johnson in that trade to make it sound better, but getting that contract is the worst part of that whole deal. Brandon Cooks though, like he's still got I think the Rams um if I understand the contract correctly, the Rams are going to take some of Brandon Cook's contract on, okay. which is good, but like Brandon Cook still has a lot of money left on that deal. So when you look at the fact that Houston was like, yeah, we didn't know if we wanted to spend money on... Like, wh- I what? honestly thought they were going in like, okay, we'll take a wide receiver in the early second round at the 40th pick. That way we don't have to pay Hopkins and we can... There's This draft is very deep. They could have got a Denzel Mims or a Jalen Rager and Maybe they felt confident about their talent. Like, obviously, this year, they weren't going to be close to Hopkins. But maybe in a year or two, they could they could grow that. But then you're going to go trade your second for Brandon Cooks and then take on – even if they're paying some of his contract this year, like, I don't – it doesn't make sense to me. But talking about fantasy-wise, how I, I think this is good for Hop, or for Watson, right? Yeah. Like, we were worried that he didn't have – Literally, like he would have been passing to Will Fuller for one game a year until he got hurt. And then Kenny <laughs> Stills and Randall Cobb. That would have been really bad. Yeah. Now he gets Brandon Cooks. That helps him out a little bit. Brandon Cooks, for fantasy, has actually been very good in the past. This last year, concussion pretty much all year long. It kind of destroyed his year. That was sad. But in 2018, he was a wide receiver 13. Wide receiver 15 in 2017, wide receiver 10 in 2016, wide receiver 13 in 2015. He's been pretty consistent. Not like, not a game changer, but... No, but he's definitely got boom potential. Mm -hmm. Um, He's still with a good quarterback who's not afraid to drive the ball down the field. He's very fast. As long as he can stay healthy, I think this is a great move. But I think that... Honestly, when we're looking at the moves of the Texans, like would we all would we judge the accumulation of the moves quite as much if they would have gotten much more back? Like if you had had to trade less for Brandon Cooks, who has very questionable health, I would have been fine with it. Like, I'm not even trading so. A second, I'm not even so worried about the trade they gave for Brandon Cooks. I don't think that was a, a crazy haul. But I just mean like the cumulative yeah, effect it's, of the Yeah, it's trade. about what they gave away Hopkins for. And yes. that's what it's always going to come back to. So any move they make, it's like, well, well you gave away Hopkins for this. I don't know how you didn't, don't get a first rounder for Hopkins. When Stephon Diggs, someone that has shown very, like, I don't want to say very little, because he has shown to be a good talent. 
but he's all over the place. He's not consistent. He's a good route runner, though, if you have not known yet. That has not amounted to a whole lot. Um, Like, give me Hopkins all day long, not just in fantasy, but on my real team. And somehow Diggs got a first, and Hopkins gets a second. Like, that makes no sense. But... Anyways, we'll stop hating on Houston. I'm sure Houston fans are sad enough. They know it. We love Houston. Like we, oh, we Deshaun Watson's my favorite yeah, we, quarterback in the league. We love Houston. We don't love Bill O'Brien. Yeah. And I don't to be fair, I don't think Houston loves Bill O'Brien. I either. tweeted out last last year when they're in the playoffs against the Bills. If they would have lost that game, the way that it was looking like a blowout, Houston, like Bill O'Brien, hopefully would have been fired. Like I'm sorry to talk about someone's job, but if we take out all of that. Yeah, right times, Michelle. Like, the, the coach probably would have been fired of any team that loses like that when you keep losing in the playoffs early. And then he comes back. And I tweeted out when he came back, well, let's have fun with another year or two with Bill O'Brien. Then, Like he just saved his job and he's also, destroying Deshaun Watson's career. He didn't just save his job. He's like still the GM. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't when, know. So like he saved two of his jobs. All which... because Josh Allen fell apart. Oh, my God. And I love Josh Allen, but he anyway, fell apart. what other news can we talk about? Because we've driven this into the ground. Well, we did uh, We did bring up earlier that Joe Mixon is prepared to hold out um, if he and the Bengals can't agree to a long-term deal. So let's say that happens, right? And this may have sounded crazy a couple of years ago where we could just blow it to the side. But now it seems very real. We've well, seen it. They're doing it every year now. Le'Veon Bell and then Melvin Gordon. You get a hold out. You get a hold out. You get a hold out. Yeah, and I don't really know if I don't really know what leg Joe Mixon has to stand on. I know he's been on a bad team with a bad line. Oh my god. He's he has a bad <laughs> offensive line. But I don't know what you've really done to hold out. Especially a team that's trying to rebuild. They actually don't have much cap space whatsoever. I don't know what money they're going to give him. And I can see Joe Mixon wanting close to CMC money because that's what happens. A player gets that amount of money at their position. It sets the precedent. And I'm sorry, Joe Mixon, your 200 receiving yards a year does not equate to CMC's 1,000 receiving yards plus 1,000 rushing yards. No, and what... I I sort of expected, like, I just felt like Joe Mixon was the kind of running back who says, like, yeah, I'm probably, like, the best offensive asset we have. I'm going to hold out. But when you look at Joe Mixon, like, in comparison, you know, comparing his situation to, like, maybe a Derrick Henry who didn't have, like, a good offense, didn't get the ball, like – he didn't prove himself. He didn't prove himself worthy of a holdout. So guess what? He he never attempted that. Game. Yeah, that'd be like James Conner holding out right now. We'd like, be like, okay, what are you doing? Like, like okay, hold out. Bye. I guess. Like, I love James Conner, but like, what did you do to prove yeah. that? You're and it's not like Joe Mixon that. has been the, you know, the the um, what am I looking? The model of health. He hasn't been the model of health. You know, he hasn't been a, a perfect He hasn't citizen. proven to be able to, to overcome a bad offense, to overcome a bad offense line. Like, CMC, like, this is the thing, guys, right? Like, CMC did not have a good line either. He had a terrible team. He probably worse than the Bengals offensively. And, like, and CMC took over that offense and made them somewhat respectable and was so hard to stop Joe Mixon's not that type of player, and we don't even know if he's asking for close to that money. I'm sure he's not. I'm sure it's still though ten million to twelve million a year. I hope his agent was like Joe. Joe. No. Yeah, they can't be asking for close to that, but still, he's going to be asking for ten to twelve. And this is the type of running back you do not give a second contract to. You no. don't do it. So everyone that's excited to own Joe Mixon a dynasty because Joe Burrow. I mean, maybe you'll have a year. With him. I would love to sell him. You're going to have a year with him as Joe Burrow is a rookie. When that's not going to change anything. This is the, and like, we also don't know how their offensive line is going to look. So say you draft Joe Burrow, like, oh, you haven't, we saw the you haven't heard that they're going to be amazing this year. They're going to totally turn it over. I mean, that's what I heard about. Like, I felt like that's what I heard mm-hmm. about the Cardinals last year. And then oh. you saw okay. Kyler Murray just like get chased around the entire like. And field. I promise we're not hating on Cincy because we're Steelers fans. We don't, I, 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 I don't, that. I don't even hate Cincy. I, I they're fine. Like, I'm hoping they take Joe Burrow. I hope they don't ruin Ever it. Ever since Vontez Burfecht left Cincy, I've been like, eh, you guys aren't that bad. Yeah, it's the Ravens I hate. 
<laughs> I don't really, since he's no threat, I love the Browns. So it's not because of that. I mean, maybe it's because Joe Mixon's a terrible person. But besides that, moving on, who's his backup? So who's the guy you want to own? We actually talked about this earlier. I feel like it's Giovanni Bernard, and you do not. So let's let's talk about that, because I look at Giovanni Bernard as a guy who the Bengals offered a second contract to. It wasn't a huge deal. I want to say it was like, I want to say average is like three or four million a year. Mm-hmm. But that's like, that's decent money for a backup running back who doesn't get that many touches. He's clearly valued in that offense, or you wouldn't give him a, a deal like that. Um, I do think that when you, I think there's a, I wrote about this in my article today for Roto World, there was a four-game sample size where we've had Giovanni Bernard playing without Mixon. Dude has balled out. No, he's actually been pretty good, and he's, I think he's involved in the passing game a lot. He is, and that, yeah. I, I think that they, they definitely value that role. They, they use Mixon in that way, so Which it is interesting well. because it's hard for Mixon to get involved in the passing game, yet when when uh, Giovanni Bernard's in there, it seems like he gets more targets. Not saying he's more efficient at all. He just seems to get more targets, more receptions for PPR. He's been okay. I don't know. It's just like they drafted two guys last year, right? It's not sexy. No. And they drafted two guys last year, both pretty late in the draft. Uh, So Rodney Anderson in the sixth. They drafted both of them in the sixth round. Rodney Anderson and Travion Williams. And I feel like... Two guys in the sixth round doesn't, like, that says to me, like, I'm going to take these guys as depth pieces, not well, these no. guys are going to yeah. supersede this guy that I just paid. I want to say he just signed his deal before 2019, so, like, in the in the 2019 offseason. And I, I'm not saying that they took him to be a starter at all, but Rodney Anderson went so late because he had serious knee injuries, and then he actually hurt his knee again in his rookie season. Whoops. So that's going to be a long shot. Travion Williams, I mean, he was a decent back in college. Uh, two of his three seasons, he had over 1,000 yards, averaged six and a half yards per carry. That's kind of my threshold here. Like, I, I, I kind of <laughs> like it. Um, he is only 206 pounds, so that definitely doesn't meet my threshold of that 215. That t- seems to be the much easier hit rate. But if he's gonna, he's only 5'8", so 206 pounds isn't terrible at that height. BMI is not bad. If he's going to get a chance, like, I, I would rather take the guy. No, I don't know. Maybe I'd rather Gio. Like, I, oh, maybe did I'm, I get you? Yeah, maybe I'm overthinking it. I, I, I don't think you can get Giovanni Bernard right now with the news coming out. Because people have seen the news and they're like, no, I want Gio. If you read my article today over on Roto World, you will see that I highlight all of these running backs and who you should be looking to handcuff them with. Because, like, that that should be your lesson, right? Like, you are in this precarious spot where Joe Mixon might be holding out. Look at the rest of your roster and be like, if any of these guys hold out, like, are they in a position where they might do so? If so, who do I need to own? Like, and, and don't take it not seriously because, remember, two years ago with Le'Veon Bell, if you went and you got James Conner as your handcuff right away when you thought maybe you'd possibly hold out and people weren't trusting it, it didn't hurt you that you lost Bell because James Conner balled out. He was a running back six. Like, you probably paid a third rounder for yeah. him. And then last year when Melvin Gordon had the news, you would go get Austin Eckler, running back three. A lot of this has to do with just getting the opportunity. Look at the guys behind them and see, do they have the talent to do it? Now, I don't know if Trevion Williams does have the talent to do it, but I, I can't tell you that or not. I think he could. I think he produced enough in college where if he was given the opportunity, maybe. Rodney Anderson, he was very good. It comes down to health, and those knees are pretty destroyed. Giovanni Bernard, though, I do think that, like, still when you look at you know, just the dynasty trade market in general. Do you think Gio, though, would be a top 10 running back if Mixon went down? Like, is that a possibility? I think he would have worse be a running back, too. But he's got the pass-catching ability that gives him upside on PPR leagues. So I, I'm not saying that he's a surefire hit, but I think at his acquisi- acquisition... Basically, my level, question's like, don't you think Trevion Williams is going to be a top 10 <laughs> yeah, Michelle, don't you think no. Trevion Williams has got a bad no, I, I, I think Gio's probably the guy to own. Uh, and then last up for our news, it's not too big a news. I feel like it's what they've been saying all offseason long, but 
NBC's Peter King reports that the Jaguars are not expected to consider a quarterback at number nine overall and want to give Gardner Minshew a real shot, which they've shown us that, right? They trade away Nick Foles, so he doesn't have that competition. I'm shocked they're not going in with real competition. I think Gardner Minshew is exciting. Love him in fantasy. As uh, a did real... you see his Bud Light challenge? No. <laughs> oh my gosh, you got to see that. He uh, he did a Bud Light challenge. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know why Bud Light challenged him to do any of these things. He wears a blindfold and then he tries to knock objects off of his friend's head by throwing a ball at. He's a very, very good marketer where people want him to be a thing. And I I hope he is. Like, he seems like a really great guy. I want him in – like, I will be drafting him in all fantasy leagues if he's the starter for the Jaguars because he's going to go in the very last round. So I'm going to take him. He was a top 10 quarterback when playing. He was fantastic. Very interestingly. But um, was not winning games is all I wanted to say. Like, he was not winning games. He wasn't winning games, so you do have to worry about him, you know, losing his job or whatever. Um, I do think that I, I don't know, I, like, what if he is the, the thing, right? Like, he did come into this role. He was very confident. He didn't hold on to the ball well. But did you know that he actually scored very high in the Wonderlick test? That's fantastic. I know. So he's apparently a super smart dude, which... I feel like I could score pretty high in the Wonderlick test, but I cannot be a quarterback. I think Jerry Judy scored a nine. Is that good or bad? That's bad. That's bad. Very bad. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> I mean... Not like, very bad. I, I like I like tests like that, right? I, I think it, a lot has to do with are you mathematically minded? Some of it also has to do, like, are you a good test taker? Yeah. But um, so... Jerry Judy, I think, had a nine, I want to say, which was, I believe, the lowest of the wide receiver group. But average is actually 25. So he was pretty pretty below that Did you know he was a Pac-12 player of the year? Did you know that Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick had a a Wonderlick score of Did you know he went to Harvard? Did you know he went to Harvard? Did you? Yeah. All right. I do think it's time that we get into our our awesome segment today. But before we do, we do want to talk about uh, an awesome Mother's Day present coming up. Mother's Day is only 25 days away. Did you know that? Did you count? Oh, no, no. There are, like, calculators on Google for that. No, but Mother's Day is coming up. And, Michelle, we haven't gotten your mom anything. We talked about it last week. We are supposed to get it last week. Right? Um, I'm more of, like, a three-day Advanced girl? No, we need about 10 days for this one, Michelle. It is the best Mother's Day gift ever or for literally any probably female person in your life. Parents, grandparents, literally anybody, especially in these times of social distancing where we we can't give a hug. You still need to express that love, though. So what you do, you go over to myfrontpagestory.com. You have an interview with one of their professional journalism writers. And they literally write a newspaper article for your loved one. That is sick. About how much you love them. So, like, they'll do an interview. They'll put in, like, direct quotes. It's literally like they are writing a front-page story about your mom, your grandma, your dad. And you might not think it's that cool, but I can just picture my parents thinking it's – and my grandparents thinking it's the coolest thing ever because – they grew up on the newspaper, right? Like, yeah. the newspaper is their thing. It's probably still their thing. They're probably still getting it at their doorstep every day. Everybody listening to, to this podcast right now is like, what is the newspaper? Yeah. Like, of course, we don't get it, even though maybe some of you do, and good for you. And my father works for a newspaper company and yeah, it's, killing it. It's something, it, it's sentimental. It, uh, It's definitely a unique way to express how you feel about somebody. Like, we had talked about getting this for your mom for Mother's Day, which I still think is a bomb idea, especially given our connection to the paper industry as a whole. But they're going, they would love that so much. You just write something up nice for them. Like, think of a mom and a grandma, like, loving, eating it up, like, just reading something nice in a newspaper format, which is like something. It's they, like a story. They grew up on. So that's an awesome present, and we're definitely doing that. Tell them tell them our uh, promo code. Yeah, absolutely. So you go to myfrontpagestory.com, use the promo code BLAST20, and you will get 20% off of your order over at myfrontpagestory.com. 
It's thoughtful. It's original. Go check it out. And you know how hard it is to buy a Mother's Day gift. Oh, God, I'm so bad at buying presents. Like, go have a 10-minute conversation and get that done, and your mom and grandma will melt over you. Yes, I love it. Go check out myfrontpagestory.com, promo code BLAST20. All right, <laughs> let's get into our segment, which is talking about your the meat, meat sweats. sweats. Oh, here come the meat sweats. All right, Michelle, who's giving you the meat sweats prior to this draft? Who are you scared is going to have their little awesome roster spot just snatched? So I, I want to bring up first that I think, I think with us all right now, we're all talking about fantasy, especially on Twitter, and we're all worried that every single running back is going to get his job stolen, right? Like, I've heard Rojo, like, for Tampa Bay, that's probably likely. Jordan Hard with Miami, that's likely. Damian Williams with Kansas City, probably likely. And then you have the San Fran backfield, the James Conner, you know, could he be replaced with Pittsburgh, carrying on Johnson in Detroit. Uh, is someone going to come in and kind of split that backfield with Eckler? with Chris Carson, with Kenyon Drake, with Marlon Mack, with Aaron Jones. They even brought up bringing in a third guy with Jamal Williams. I just want to say, like, there's not enough. Oh, and Devin Singletary, the biggest one. He is clearly getting replaced, according to everyone. Uh, Not me, but uh, everyone believes he will be replaced early in this draft, even though they took him early in the draft last year. There's not enough rookie running backs that – or like have a, a three-down skill set or even one that's going to play often to replace all these people or even hurt their value. I, I think there's like six guys in this class, which is really good. It's a good class that can actually come in and threaten these guys' jobs. So who are you most concerned about? Um, like who would you be trying to sell before next week's draft? I feel before like their, their value just plummets. It's going to be very hard to sell any of them because everyone's so worried. I do think Carrion Johnson's one that maybe you can still sell because he was hurt last year and people didn't really pay attention to how bad he was doing before he got injured. But there still might be that hope that he could succeed. If I had him, I would definitely be trying my hardest to get him off my roster before the draft. Ronald Jones, if you can get anything for I don't see a world where Tampa Bay doesn't take a running back. No, and I I do think that they're going to need to find somebody, you know, with a passing down skill set. In David Johnson's peak season in 2016, they targeted the running back position the most times in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals did. I would imagine, especially with Tom Brady there, they are going to pepper (laughs) a running back with targets. Put Bruce Arians and Tom Brady together, two guys that want to use a running back in the passing game. And I feel like they did try to do that with Ronald Jones in a couple games last year. He seemed to be okay at it. He improved. He definitely did, but clearly like Bruce Arians wasn't sticking with it, though. Like, there was something that wasn't working, and it could be his pass protection, Ronald Jones' pass protection. Uh, so I, I do think they bring in a running back early in the second round. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would yes, be please. a perfect fit. Yes, please. He is the pass-catching back, and he is – but he's also, like, so good on the ground, so hard to take down, just a little bowling ball. Yeah. He can be fantastic in that offense immediately. I, I really do think he could be immediately impactful. If CEH would go to Tampa Bay, he would automatically be my RB2. Okay. And you want to tell everyone who your RB1 is? Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Where do you think he goes, and whose job are you scared he might steal? Um, I actually, there's one team in my mind that I don't feel like a a ton of people have talked about, but I like the Baltimore Ravens and I, I want to worry about Mark Ingram. He's not gotten any younger. He was very good last year though. He was, he was very efficient last year. That's true. And so he, was, there was a team that took a running back, and he kind of was replaced with the Saints there, right? Like Mark Ingram didn't have the year he had like he did in Baltimore, but he still was their running back. And they still took Elvin Kamara, and Kamara proved to hurt his value as the seasons went on. So yeah, it could I, happen. I do think, um, you know, like when you look at his contract situation, he is going to be, I think, 32 next season. Maybe this is the time in this class where – You've got Lamar Jackson. You've got an elite quarterback. You've got a stud defense. Maybe this is the time you go all in and invest in one of these top-end running backs like a Jonathan Taylor who, like, they don't utilize the passing game enough with the running back anyway. So it's not like you're missing out on that with them. Um, You know, like, Jonathan Taylor, I think, just fits the scheme. He's a power guy. I think he'd fit right in. 
I completely agree with you there. I would cry a little bit if he goes to Baltimore because I love Jonathan Taylor so much. And I, I do truly believe he would get 1,800 yards on the ground with them. I, I'm being a little dramatic there, but he really could because behind that line with Lamar Jackson where defenses don't know who has the ball, I do think Jonathan Taylor is just that special where he would dominate. And oh, yeah. It would be very sad for him to be in our division if it's not on our team. I want him to be in Pittsburgh. I think that his, um, you know, like even the deficiencies that he has, like, you know, people say like because of, you know, his size, he hasn't been, you know, maybe he doesn't make those moves in open space quite as as quickly, um, not as smooth of a maneuver guy, um, you know, more of just sort of that bowling ball type. But I think that's perfect for a scheme that, I mean, literally the the rushing holes are massive because everybody's and he's focused. so fast though. Try to stop Lamar Jackson's speed with Jonathan Taylor's speed. You're not going to stop it. And that would be great for them. That really would be. Congratulations I, to the Ravens on their Super Bowl. I do want to say one that if I own Austin Eckler, I don't think his job gets taken, but I think he can go back to his normal role. Like, I don't know if he ever gets to be that three down back. And I know last year without Melvin Gordon, he did very well for fantasy. But like, if you're looking on the ground, 58 yards, 66 yards, 36 yards, 60 yards, averaged about like 3.8 yards a carry. He wasn't very good on the ground as a starter. He was fantastic through the air, and that's kind of what he's always excelled in. As soon as Melvin Gordon came back, they were like, Melvin Gordon, you're going to be the guy that we trust on the ground. And they kept using Austin Eckler through the air, so I still think he can have a ton of value in fantasy. But if right now you can get back enough value as if he's going to be a three down back and people think he's a top five running back next season, I I would sell him because I do believe they bring someone in. They're going, I I really think they're going to draft a running back in the first four rounds. And I think Cam Akers would be a fantastic fit here. I think he can be uh, really good in that offense. Really good to have another back with him. Oh yeah. Like a one, one, two punch. Mm -hmm. And they could do the Melvin Gordon Eckler role again. And like I said, Eckler's still going to have value in fantasy. So you don't have to go sell him. You don't have to freak out. But I do think his value will plummet if they draft a guy. And right now, you can get a ton, a ton of value for him. So I I would go sell Alvin Kamara in the 103. And what else? For, uh, or no, I sold Austin Eckler the 103. And I believe a third round pick for. Alvin Kamara and a 2021 first. Yeah, that's nice. Like that, I feel like that's getting the perfect value back because I I don't think Alvin Kamara is in in any danger right now. Um, Damian Williams, we could talk about him all day, but we talked about him all day last year. People are very certain. It's either one or two sides, right? But a lot of mocks I'm seeing Kansas City's taking a running back early. And then there's a lot of people saying they're not going to take a running back early. They feel comfortable with Damian Williams. He did good in the Super Bowl. He had that one good play in the Super Bowl. (laughs) And that makes up for the entire year. And they should just stick with him next year and, and roll with that because everything will stay the same if you keep the same player. That's awesome. That's super Mm -hmm. insightful. No, Um, I I do think they take a running back. If they don't, then I don't. Damian Williams is just a master at keeping his job. You don't even need to take a running back early, though, here for that. Like, they could find literally anybody in this draft. They could draft me. (laughs) And I feel like I would be a stud in their offense. I do think it has to be a top four round pick. I would prefer top three to feel like Damian would, you know, if they're going to replace Damian with no offseason. If they grab a DeAndre Swift, a, a guy that can be used in the passing game a lot, I really like Zach Moss there. He's undervalued with his with his hands in the passing game and could be a, a wrecking ball on the ground, which they really need that guy that can get those yards and get those first downs when needed, those uh, short yard gains. So those are just some guys. But really, any of those top running backs are going to be a fantastic fit with Kansas City because anyone you put back there is going to have space. To work. Oh, yeah. And I do think that, um, you know, like when we're maybe expanding on some of these other offenses, San Fran is an offense where I'm probably going to go look to buy Raheem Mostert this week. I'm going to try and get some deals done because I don't see San Fran taking a running back. They've already had, like, they've got all these pieces in place. I know Breda is not necessarily a lock to make the roster, but you've got a very affordable running back in Raheem Mostert. They love him. Tevin Coleman carries no dead cap. We can release him. Bye. 
so really you're just looking at that that option that they renegotiated with Jarek McKinnon, which probably by by preseason week three if we have it. I think that they don't have the draft capital to afford a running back right now. That's the thing. And and I I think that's going to secure his role. I So there's only really two options here, right? Like they have two first-round picks, and then they don't have another pick to the fifth. So either they take a first-round running back, and I don't think it would be with their 13th pick. I I see a wide receiver going there. So either they take a running back in that late first round, which will destroy everyone's value on that team because that would be the back, or they don't take a guy to the fifth. Like there's no in-between. There's no like, oh, they could grab a guy in the third and the fourth, but we still think most of it will be okay. It's like he's either not okay whatsoever or Or he's he's the guy. Yeah. And I – I he's think, cheap enough right now that I but think But is can, he? Because I think if you still own him right now in April and you never sold him after the season, you're probably pretty high on him. Or you went to already buy him. I've seen trades involving like a second round pick for him. I'm perfect with that. I don't know if I am. He's 28. And he has very limited miles on the tires. You're buying a one-year running back. So I would not do it unless I'm a championship team, championship contender. I guess you don't ever know if you can win. But if you're a contender this year, I'm fine with it. But that's definitely not a guy that fits for everyone's roster right now. Aaron Jones, I could see them drafting a running back. The thing is, if they draft a running back early, whoever gets drafted there, that sucks for them. Because it's going it to destroy everyone's value. It sucks for Aaron Jones. It sucks for Jamal Williams because he's always going to get his slice of the pie. Yeah, the jo- Jamal Williams would be... I mean, he's already pretty much donezo for fantasy value, but I'm going to go look up right now Green Bay's uh, draft picks if you want to keep talking. Yeah, um, let's move on. Seattle, Chris Carson, he's going bye-bye. I'm like 100% certain. I tweeted yesterday uh, if we were able to make uh, bets about whether or not a player would be on the roster come 2021, my bet would be... All of my stimulus check and yours also, so both of our stimulus Mm -hmm. checks, that Carson is not going to be on that roster in 2021. He is... But he'll still... So he's going to be there in 2020. He's going to turn 26. But does he have his starting role in 2020? I think... Because if you think he does, then this isn't the time to sell him. It would be during season when he's having a good... Because he's good when he plays. I think that you have to be concerned about the hip injury. So it seems like he's going to be on track to play. But you you can say that in, in April, right? We've got four months. So, yeah, literally anything's possible. But given the extent of Rashad Penny's ACL injury, I just don't see – I don't see them leaving this draft without a running back. And I think after that point, people are going to be too concerned to – want to buy Carson for anything, even if he does produce in the season. Yeah. I'm not, you know me, I'm not like a big Chris Carson believer. And I do think they could draft a running back. Do they really draft him early again? Like that Rashad Penny experience did not work in the first round. And we're, we have It started a, to, and then he tore his ACL pretty bad. Yeah. So I, I don't know that... That team does love running backs. They love running. They do have a lot of like... They have a lot of holes, though. Are they going to spend it on another running back? I don't think you need to, like, this is a draft, again, where you can take a guy in the third round, and you're probably still going to be able to find depth there, given the the depth of this class in general. Yeah, and looking at uh, the Green Bay Packers draft picks, they do have a pick in every round. They have their, their actual pick in every round. I don't know. I don't know if they take a running back. Aaron Jones did really well for them. There's really no reason for it. You have Jamal Williams' depth. He's so not, then like, you do, great. you must believe that he's going to get his contract extension. No, I don't. Hmm. But he is a free agent in 2021. That's when they can find a new guy. It's not like it takes long to bring a running back in and get him acclimated into your offense. Like No, but you do have to worry about the holdout. Do you want Jamal Williams to be your lead back? No. <laughs> like, are, they probably do. They, let's be honest, the way that the Packers... The thing is with Aaron Jones, he might be willing to take not a massive contract just for the fact right now he's making nothing. Like, he was a fifth-round pick. You're making nothing, so you want a contract. I don't know if he can hold out. He's made very, very little in his career so far. I mean, when we say very little, it's still a lot to, like, normal people like us. Peasants but like us. But in, in his lifestyle and where, like, in the league he's 
working in, he's made very little. I don't know if he has the capability to hold out. Melvin but Gordon, isn't that where you look at like his sort of contract situation, you're like, oh, he's been playing basically for free. Yeah, he has it like. That's when I'd want my money, and that's exactly what I think is happening with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was making like four hundred thousand a year. I I just don't know if he has. And now he wants paid for it. Also, Aaron Jones has been suspended. He's been injured a lot. That that's going to be a hard sell. I agree, but I I think it's coming. Like Melvin Gordon could hold out because he was a first round pick. He made his money. Joe Mixon was an early early pick. Le'Veon Bell at that point already got money from the the being franchise tagged the one year. So like all these guys have had their money, and Aaron Jones has not. And it is a reason why he should want to get paid. But maybe he takes. $8 million a year instead of 16 like CMC. Yeah, he ain't getting CMC money. The last running back that I think has, like, the most potential to get the boot, and I feel like this has been a really mixed bag in, like, the fantasy community on fantasy Twitter, Marlon Mack. I think he is – I don't even need to say long gone. I, I think that he could certainly still be a part of that offense, but I don't think he's going to be the guy anymore. Yeah, he's just another guy. Marlon Mack is just another guy. He's a Naeem Hines. He's a Jordan well, Wilkins. I wouldn't go that far. No. <laughs> Don't go that far. Jeez. Naeem Hines and Marlon Mack are very different people. Well, I would liken him more to Jordan Wilkins. But I'm saying, like, these are just sort of puzzle pieces that fit together to form one run game. I think that Philip Rivers is going to need a, a running back that he can pass to consistently and and trust to so be with, that dump off receiver. With Marlon Mack, we saw when he went down, Jonathan Williams came in and had like two 100 yard games immediately, and then he got hurt and another guy came in and had another like great game. That line is so good that any back you put back there is going to look good. So get yourself an actually great running back, and they're going to dominate, and and not in a way that Marlon Mack was able to. He started the season hot, and it kind of stayed in people's heads. And I think the biggest reason he wasn't used in the passing game that we don't talk about enough is that he was really, really bad in pass protection. Like, by far the worst in the NFL for any starting running back, he allowed a sack on 9.1% of his pass blocking attempts. Yikes. It, it isn't even, like, bad. It is by far so, so bad that the next closest one to him that was, you know, the second bad, <laughs> second worst. Second baddest. Second baddest was David Johnson at 3.8%. Yikes. That jumped from 38 to 9.1%. That wow. is really bad. And then it's not just like, oh, he got sacked. Maybe, you know, maybe some guys, maybe it's the quarterback, right? Well, Mac also allowed the highest percentage of total pressures, so sacks, hurries, and hits at 21.2% of his pass blocking attempts. And you can blame it on Brissett, but you go back the year before with Andrew Luck, and these are the same numbers. That ain't it, Chief. And then you can go look at last year, 2019, look at Naheem Hines when he blocked. Much, much better numbers. So it is Marlon Mack. He's bad in pass protection. And if you can't, if they can't have you on the field to trust you to be a good pass blocker, you're going to get your job taken. Yep. All right. Who who else should we talk about? Who are you worried about here? A lot of owners of Devin Singletary are very worried that the Bills will take a running back. Totally could happen. What are your thoughts on it? Are you going to buy him right now before, like, if anyone's nervous? I think I will because I, I do think that the price truly has dropped on Devin Singletary. He's not being viewed. Like, he was that new hotness last year when everybody first saw him ball out and they forget that, you know, this is all while Frank Gore is stealing all of his carries. That playoff game, if they would have given that ball to Devin Singletary like 10 more times, they would have advanced in the playoffs this year. And I think that when these coaches go back and look at that film, he's clearly the superior running back. And I think that, um, you know, maybe they add a like a complimentary back to him because you, do, you need more than one running back. You can't just have Devin Singletary. I wouldn't be surprised if they take, like, a another asset here, but I don't think it's going to be an early-round draft pick. I don't think it's going to be, um, you know, anybody that we have to worry about taking Devin Singletary's role. I'm not – yeah, and I, I don't really get the whole theory that he can't be a lead back or the Bills weren't willing to use him in that way. Last year, he hurt his hamstring very early on in the season, and then he came back and, like, give him one game <laughs> for him to get the lead role back. And as soon as midseason hit, he took Frank Gore's – lead 
role position. He was consistently getting over 16 touches a game, sometimes upwards to 23. These are his games as a starter. This is his total yards. 97, 140, 79, 114, 101, 118, 89, one bad game at 48, 134. Wow. Touches nine, which was his first start. 23, 16, 22, 17, 23, 23, 16, 19. He was getting touches. He was getting yards. He just wasn't getting touchdowns, and that's what's going to come down. But we have to expect, if we're talking about Aaron Jones regressing in the touchdown areas, we have to expect positive regression for a player like Devin Singletary. Frank Gore got the goal line carries, but I, I do think those could go to Devin Singletary this year. Well, and I think most of um, you know most of the concern, I feel like, when we're looking at a guy being replaced is like inefficiency or a uh, maybe a guy that fills more of a complimentary role like in Austin Eckler. Like he's usually the complimentary back. But Devin Singletary has shown us absolutely nothing to, to indicate that he's that guy. He has got a, a big frame. It's not like he's small like a Tariq Cohen. Like he's, he's short, but... He's a big boy. He, yeah, he doesn't weigh a lot, but he's so short that it, it's like it works differently for him. He's yeah, he's hard got a to low take center down. of gravity. Yeah. He, he and, looks like a lead back. And people keep saying that they need to bring in a, a guy that's like a, the two down back and the Devin Sing- Singletary can come in for the passing downs. That's backwards. Devin Singletary was not efficient in the passing game. He can catch a ball, but he was not efficient. I think they need to bring in a pass, pa- uh, a, uh, you know, a better running back that's better in the passing game bring him in to be the change of pace back. So maybe if they draft a guy in the third or fourth, that could be that type of player. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have concerns about Devin Singletary, and I do think this is a great time to buy. How about uh, Kenyon Drake, a guy that we've been very high on this offseason? Yeah, I lots of rumors all... that they might take a running back. Yeah. But then all of a sudden these rumors that they're trying to extend Kenyon Drake right now. It's sort of been a mixed bag. We've heard – they might go running back early. They might go wide receiver early. They might go literally any position yeah. early. It's crazy. I think we have no idea what Arizona Cardinals are going to do. I'm buying Kenyon Drake everywhere right now. I think he's a top 10 running back easily in fantasy next year with top five potential in that offense. Every – like okay, let me get this right. I will say 80%, at least 70% of NFL teams are going to draft a running back. In this draft, it happens every year. 20 to 25 running backs get drafted. It doesn't mean that the people need depth. Teams need depth. That doesn't mean they're going to be the lead back. Yes, if they go earlier, it's likely that the team wants to use them. But if they're drafting a guy, if we're hearing rumors that they might draft a running back, that could be in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't. It, you really have to pay attention to where they decide to use that draft capital, and I think that tells you a lot. I do hope that Arizona extends Drake. I think that he's a really nice uh, complimentary asset to Kyler Murray, um, you know, a rushing quarterback. Kenny Drake's a strong rusher. He doesn't have a ton of miles on the tires because uh, Adam Gase, period. Like, I, I think he's he's a really nice fit. Um, One we didn't bring up, and we can close out with this, James Conner with Pittsburgh. I think his job's pretty safe until he gets injured. I, I think he's a starter. The team loves him. He does good when he, he's playing. But the thing is, if they draft a guy and he's and he's good when he comes in for Connor when he gets injured because it's going to happen, then maybe that's when he steals his job. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that um, the Steelers Unless it's are... Jonathan Taylor in the second <laughs> round, and then let's go get that boy in the game right away. Yeah, I do think that the Steelers are keenly aware, though, after – watching what happened last season it wasn't like a couple years ago when you had love bell go down and d'angelo williams came in it 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 didn't look anything like that like d'angelo williams balled and everybody knew it was like the offensive line held up but i don't think we're at that point anymore in pittsburgh where you can't just put in anyone exactly and i i think that james connor's great but you have to have some sort of upgrade at your backup position if you're going to plan to use them like Chase Ed or Benny Chase, Snell. Benny Snell. Jeez. Uh, I have uh, Kenny and Drake on the mind. Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, not it. Yeah. No. No. Benny Snell is fine on the ground. He can get you those tough yards, but he's not dynamic in a way he can be used in the passing game. He's not, he's not going to change a game for you, take over a game and win you anything. 
So I do think we need better depth Be- behind Connor. We we see his those hammies, those angles are not holding up, and maybe the shoulders. <laughs> maybe it's just all been bad luck. And next year he comes in and he can stay healthy, and I think he'd be fantastic then. But he's also a free agent in 2021, and I, I don't see how you give a guy that can't stay healthy a second contract unless it's super cheap. No, I don't either. But, but one good thing about James Conner is he really can't hold out because he's not shown enough to hold out. No, and and after the the season, he you had, hold out, you don't have a job in the NFL anymore. Yep, that yeah. that's sort of it. Um, everybody, we have one week left until the NFL draft. We're so excited. Be sure to send us over your draft questions. You can find me on Twitter at ffballblast and me Michelle at ballblastem ballblastem. We'll be doing some live live feeds yeah we both got that day off work for the the draft day we can push some content that day and get you guys prepped um tell us what you're eating uh, don't forget to check out myfrontpagestory.com promo code blast 20 for the best mother's day gift ever you got anything else for me michelle nope let's head out bye bye